Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. travel with mom and dad so this has been a different trip for us but my wife she you know, has braved the trip and uh and she has been willing to travel with me and i'm thankful for that because she makes me look better and i'm honored by that and so uh but god has god uses her greatly and god uses uh people in the kingdom of god uh he opens the right doors and he uses my wife in wonderful ways and she is a she is a great uh great minister in the kingdom of God. She's a great tool that God has blessed in many talented ways. And, and I don't get to tell her that enough. And I'm so appreciative of everything she does. But I want her to come. I want her to share a testimony and, and uh, share what's on her heart. Um, got, we're in a crazy part of the world right now. And, uh, and we're going to tell you how God is doing miracles in the middle of that. Praise the Lord, everyone. It's good to be here with you today, worshiping and praising God. I love the presence of the Lord that I feel. I love that no matter where you are in the world, his presence never changes. And I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for his love. I'm thankful for his peace. I'm thankful for his joy. Amen. And I'm, I just, it's an honor and a privilege to be here with you. God has been doing incredible things in the country of Poland. And, um, you know, I wish I had time to just tell you absolutely everything from that's happened for the last 12 years. But we'll do our best to put it together for you. Um, I, it's, it's amazing to see these young people keep doing what you're doing. Get up here and worship like that. I was called to be a missionary at the age of 14, and I knew without a doubt that I was, that's what God wanted me to do. So keep on listening to him and praising him. Don't ever be intimidated by that. It was beautiful to witness here today. Um, in um, the, we've been doing some amazing things with the choir. The choir's been doing great. It's a community choir there in the city of Krakow. I'm uh, honored and blessed to lead that choir. Um, we baptized our first choir member last year, this past year, and I'm thankful for that. I give glory to him for that. <clears throat> We've been working with them a long time, and I'm excited to see God start to change people and draw closer to him. Um, last year, 2021, my husband uh, came before the church, and he the Lord had impressed upon him to um, teach our church to love, to serve, and to grow. That was our theme. We didn't know what that was actually going to look like, you know, when you start loving people and loving him, serving him, serving people. He begins to grow, and it's been an amazing thing to watch and to learn. In the Polish culture, it's it's they're not as open as we Americans are, and so for them, this was a whole new concept of loving and serving, um, just from their past history. 
they are very loving people, don't get me wrong, and I love the Polish people, um, but they, it's not very, it's not in their culture just to be so open and to just serve and receive people and do this. So it was, we went through a year of training and teaching them from a biblical perspective of love, serve, and grow. And in February the 23rd, 2022, war broke out. And we are two and a half hours from the border of Ukraine uh, in the city of Krakow. And we knew that we had to do something. We knew we had to be the hands and feet of Jesus. We had just spent the year learning to love, learning to serve and grow. And now we can put that to action. And we did. We opened our doors uh, two days after I cleared out our church and there was a pile of mattresses and blankets and pillows and soaps and food and I had no idea what I was doing I had never done anything like that before and there's no training for that that I've ever been through it's not any book I've ever read to do this but I'm thankful for the Holy Spirit he will lead you he will guide you every step of the way and I praise him for that because he did we begin to turn our church into a refugee center and as each mattress was laid out, we began to pray over each mattress. We began to pray that as soon as they would walk in the door, that they would begin to feel his peace and his love. And that is exactly what happened, and I'm so thankful for that. We went to the border two days, a day after the war, and we began to get our first refugees um, to come into those. We processed uh, about 300 refugees uh, through the worship center. And you'll hear more about where they're at now <laughs> and why they're not at the worship center anymore. But about a month into bringing in refugees to our worship center, um, we got a young lady by the name of Zhenya. And she was 18 years old. She had a four-month-old baby. And we got a call and said, hey, we've got this girl. Can you take her? And we're like, of course, bring her in. You know, she was young. She had a past that uh, many of us would, would never experience in our life. And uh, she didn't know how to really care for her baby. His name was Timor. She was a beautiful little girl. She was strung out on drugs. And she was just so tiny. She wasn't very healthy. And she didn't know how to properly care for her baby. And we began to teach teach her how to change him and to feed him and she has turned we've watched her turn into this beautiful mother that she is and I give God glory for that but about a month amen a month into having her she comes to me and she says uh Rhonda I want to be uh bring my mom well you see her mom at the age of 16 dropped her and her three siblings off at the orphanage and they Three other siblings were placed somewhere else in Poland, and we had Zhenya. So I didn't know how that was going to look. I didn't know how the past was going to affect what was happening right now. I didn't know her past. I didn't need to, you know. That's between her and God. So we began to pray. I said, okay, we'll pray. We have to have somebody go into Ukraine and evacuate her out. She wasn't able to get out on her own. So God opened every door, and we were able to have somebody evacuate 
Kata out of Ukraine. And the beautiful reunification of this mother and daughter was just something that did my heart good um, to watch forgiveness and healing take place in the presence of the Lord. It was just beautiful. And I get to testify to you today that three weeks ago, we baptized that mother in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm so thankful for the restoration of Christ. I'm so thankful for his love and his peace. Many years ago, we were promised a revival that would have a ripple effect throughout Eastern Europe. And I can tell you today that that revival is happening. That revival has broke out through Eastern Europe. And God is pouring out his spirit upon all flesh. Amen. And I give him all the praise and the glory and the honor for all that he's doing in the country of Poland. Hallelujah. Let's worship the Lord for all he does. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. When we were here more than 12 years ago, all we had was a vision and a burden and a calling. And this church supported us and has supported us for many years now. And God has done a tremendous work in 12 years. We've been in the country now 12 years in the country of Poland. Hasn't always been easy. It's been a long journey. It was a little over three years ago, three years and a couple months. It was three years on Easter Sunday, 2019, that we launched the first church in the city of Krakow, Poland. God had been, that was, that was nine years into our time there before we were able to open a church in the city. And this was the first ever apostolic church in the city of Krakow. And we knew God was going to do something great. We had about 15 people, 15 to 17 people we opened the church with. God had blessed us. We've been doing home groups and Bible studies and making connections. And, and it, it wasn't always easy. It was a long, long process. But we were grateful that God was now had a lighthouse in the city of Krakow, had a place of safety, had a spiritual hospital where people could come to and hear the gospel of Jesus Christ and the truth of this message. And we were thankful and we've seen God do wonderful things in that first year. And we were so excited for 2020. We were pumped and ready for it. And we knew God was blessing. We were added classroom space and at the end of 2019. And, and we... We're so excited to see how God was going to fulfill his promises and start a Sunday school class. And we knew this was our dream. And, and then March 2020, we know what happened then. The world changed and churches went on lockdown and people went on lockdown and homes and cities were shut down. Krakow, a, a vibrant tourist city with people all the time, and yet there was no one in the city of Krakow. We were... Uh, when we were there, we, we actually we were in the States when it happened. We were back for World Missions Conference in 2019. And that Friday night, everything was shut down. We weren't even supposed to have a conference that night, I don't think. And, and uh, God still blessed, and he provided. We went back, and we were able to get back. We had to get a special flight back to, to Poland because they weren't uh, allowing planes to fly. So the government of Poland organized flights for Polish people or anybody that had Polish residency. And thank God we had that. And we were able to get back in the country. But and, and for the first while there, you couldn't leave your home. You, you could only go to the grocery store 
or the pharmacy. Everything else was shut down. All the, all the, all the other stores, any other store you can think of, was all shut down. And uh, if you were under the age of 16, you weren't even allowed to walk outside the house without an adult. And and uh, we went online like everybody else, and we began to worship online and and have well. God had already created that kind of uh, situation for us because we had people all over. Poland, and so we'd been sharing and Skype services and online services for many years now, and and doing Bible studies that way. So we were ready, and God blessed, and and uh, luckily because of the the building that God had given us, that it was part of a larger building, and the laws began to change because Krakow is a very traditional religious country, or Poland is, and even the city of Krakow. So the government allowed so many people per square meter. Uh, or per three square meters or something like that. Well, we could include, because of the way it was written, we were allowed to include all the space in our building, not just the sanctuary. And so we opened our doors for service on the first Sunday in June. I think it was Pentecost Sunday uh, of 2020. And we began having church again. And God was beginning to bless. And we've seen people begin to come back to church. And I know you've experienced it here. But in most of the world over the pandemic time, it was not a time of growth for the church. It was not a time of of numerical growth. The church seen uh, people leave the church. And people consider attending church less of an importance and this was happening across all denominations and but what God had a bigger plan for Krakow because what we've seen was the reverse and and during the pandemic time during 2020 we've seen God take our church from from 17 to 20 on Sunday for worship to 35 to 40 in 2021 and God multiplied and doubled our church We've seen people walk off the street into our worship service for the first time and and be touched by the power of God. People were being baptized. People were being filled with the Holy Ghost in the middle of a pandemic when everything else was shut down and no one else was going to church. People were coming to the house of God. We didn't break any laws. We did everything legally. We kept everybody safe and God blessed. So at the end of 2020, going into 20, at the end of 2021, we've seen God do so many wonderful things. And, and now we're, we're, we have Sunday school class, and, and we had Sunday school teachers, and we had ministry, and, and God was moving. And so we end 2021 on a high. In November, we have our first national conference in Poland in 2021. And we were so excited about 2022 because we had seen God in the last year and a half multiply the church. It doubled in that time, and we were so excited about the future, and uh, we bought new chairs, more chairs, because we had a vision that God was going to grow the church, and we needed more chairs. And and, and so we, we did all that, and we entered 2022 not knowing what really was in store for us, not understanding the full plan, but we knew we were going to love God, we were going to love people, We were going to serve God. We were going to serve people. We were going to grow, and God was going to grow. He was going to grow the church. And so on February 7th of 2022, I was standing in a pulpit preaching at a conference in Kiev, Ukraine. My friend pastors an apostolic church there. His name is Sergei Tomov. It's a church his dad planted, and him and his brother carry that mission on there. And they have several churches throughout the nation of Ukraine. At that time, on February 7th, the Russian army was only a couple hundred miles away across the Belarusian border. And I spoke, and we had a great conference, and we were out to dinner, and I looked at Pastor Sergei, and I said, I said, what's going to happen? He said, nothing's going to happen. 
It's not going to, they're just threatening, you know. They've been through that, you know. Russia had been picking on them since 2014 when they took, took part of their land. And, and so I said, well, if it does, if it does, we're here for you. We're here for your family. We're here for your church. We'll do whatever it takes. I told my church that because God had positioned our church throughout this time. Not only has grown the church, but he positioned us to do a work for God. In our church, in our small church of about 40 people, we had English speakers, we had Polish speakers, we had Ukrainian speakers and Russian speakers, Hungarian speakers, French speakers, and, and many other languages were present. And Italian speakers were attending our church. We were a very multicultural church that God had put together and blessed. And so we were ready to help no matter what. We didn't want war. They didn't want war. But on that Wednesday night, bombs began to fly. Thursday morning at 5 a.m., I awake to the news of the attack. And I call my friend, my, past, my pastor friend. I said, what can we do? Are you safe? And, and he began to tell me, and I can, you know, hear the family in the background, but they were distressed and air raid sirens were going off. Their home was shaking. Though they were safe, they felt safe. They knew they could feel the attacks going on. And and we begin to pray for them and said, whatever you need. And as the pastor of the church, he could not leave his, his church, but he could not leave the country either because if you were between the ages of 18 and 60 years old and you have two or less children you're, and a male, you're not allowed to leave the country. You had to stay there. And so eventually he was able to evacuate his family and they went to uh, a remote area near Romania that was safe. And we began to actually get supplies into him through that area. And we began to get food and, 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 and money and cash in so he could feed his church and feed the people in the other churches. And he was running uh, routes all over Ukraine delivering food. And we were sending that in through, through churches. Uh, Brother Krause's church in Germany brought a truckload. Another church in Germany brought a truckload. And we were just filling up vans and sending them over. And God was doing a tremendous work. And God was blessing. At the same time, on the, on the Friday after the war, we, my wife, like my wife said, we began to take our first refugee. If you want to throw the first picture up, picture one. There you go. This is our church. This is our church platform. This is what it looked like as we began to prepare to receive those from Ukraine. Most of them are women and children, a few men. The men are usually disabled or, or elderly or, or need some uh, physical help. And so this is our church platform, and that's the, the bins in front were the clothes because when they arrived, they basically had the clothes in their back. Their shoes were usually destroyed. And so we, we were providing everything for them, food, diapers, clothing. Uh, we turned our worship center into a 24-hour-a-day refugee center. In fact, from that Friday till uh, the middle of April for over two and about almost two months, we never locked the doors of our church. Never once locked the door. Someone was there 24-7. We slept there. My wife would sleep there. I would sleep there. My son would sleep there. Other volunteers would sleep there because we'd get calls in the middle of the night from a mom who was at the train station that had two children. They heard we possibly could take people. And, and, and we could at times, and so we always wanted to be there present. But quickly we found this, the church was full. We had 25 to 30 people sleeping in there every night. We were feeding them three meals a day. And, and God was doing the work. We were loving them. They would come and they would be broken. 
for two, three hours, sometimes a couple of days. They would not even speak, hardly eat because they were so shocked. And, and we used the worship center as a place to transition people. We would, we would, they would come. They may need to stay one or two days or they may need to stay a week. It didn't, they, they decided where they were going to go or make contact with family in another country. And so through the worship center, like my wife said, we transitioned about 300 people. We brought them in, gave them safety, gave them love, gave them food, and then we're able to get them tickets on buses and trains and, and planes and send them to their final destination, a family or a friend in some other part of Europe. But this wasn't easy. It wasn't easy for our church. See, we knew we were going to love people, but we didn't really. When you decide to love people the way God intends us to love people, be prepared for it to look different than you thought it would. Revival never comes in the same way. It comes in God's way. And it's ready for us right now. I believe God has a revival for all of us individually and as a church. As long as we're ready to love people no matter how they come, what they look like, what the need is, but we're going to love them with the love of God. And, but it's not easy. See, the next picture, please. This is what our worship center looked like when we had worship on Sunday. We're a refugee center with 25 to 30 people, most of them women and children. And how do you have church like that? So when they slept, we moved the piano over to the side of the platform. We put out their mattresses and their beds and their, and their suitcases. And, uh, and we had everything in order. But on Sunday, we just picked up everything and we moved it over to the side of the platform. We pulled the piano out. We put the bins in the back of the platform. And we had worship. Right in the middle of worship, right in the middle of a refugee center, we began to worship God. Now that's not easy. Because you have room. we have just one big room. We have just a big space. So in the back of our worship center is our kitchen. And it has it has a bar there, coffee bar and, and a seating area and, and everything. So this was their home. So you're worshiping God. We have service starting at eleven. Some of them are just waking up, walking through the sanctuary also their home and their kitchen and they're in their pajamas and uh, they're just waking up and you're getting ready to pray and they decide it's time to make coffee and so they turn the coffee machine on and they're grinding coffee and you're trying to pray you're trying to worship kids are running around in and out of the of the room we had more space in the back so they were coming out of the classrooms and and so it was utter chaos and so, but you got to be ready for whatever God sends your way. And our church was ready to love. And it was not easy. I would tell you it's not easy, but I give honor to our church. They were willing to go through it because it was loving people was the purpose. It was the calling of God on every one of our lives. Every Holy Ghost filled person is called to love people. And they begin to love them and care for them. It was not easy for them, but they still worship God. They would praise God when there was chaos. The worship team would look back to the back and kids are running everywhere and kids are playing video games and because and, this is their home and they don't know any better. And, and then the next picture, if you can. It was also difficult because translation was difficult in the beginning. So the guy on the uh, right in the maroon sitting there, that's my Polish translator. He translates every Sunday. His name's Yarek. Love Yarek. Love his wife. His wife is probably watching today. She usually watches our service and several members from our church. Love the worship center. Miss you. Sunday's always the hardest for me. 
because I wake up and watch a little bit of our service and then I get really homesick when I see the pictures of the people and the blessings of God and this morning we had our first baby born in the church and and uh, so I'm missing all that right now so I'm, I get a little homesick but I think for in, I'm thankful that some of our of our church will watch today so we give honor to them I'm blessed to have a fantastic church that's praying for us while we're here they're praying for us because they want revival in Poland and it's not easy so Yark's translating to Polish so here's how it goes I would speak Yark speaks that's normal and I got used to that rhythm so but now we had it's a whole other language here we had to help so God had already sent us someone who could translate in Russian so I would speak Yark would speak in Polish Andre would speak in Russian and then we'd do it all over again. So you know, as long as you just could wait a little bit, you had to be patient for your language to come around. And you know, so that's what we were dealing with. And God was still blessing. It's not easy. It's not easy. You've got to be willing to sacrifice some personal comforts to love people. You've got to be willing to sacrifice your, your comfort zone, maybe your pew. Because when you really start loving people, your pews are going to be full with people. The seat that you normally sit in is probably going to be full of people you don't recognize or you don't know or you don't know where they come from. But you have committed to love people and love God. And God will send people that are not normal, not part of, don't know what they're doing. But you can love them. It's uncomfortable, but you still love. Still worship, you know, God's going to do a work, and so you push through. You worship when no one else is worshiping. You wait for your language to come around. You're patient, patient with God, patient with the people of God. God is doing, begin to do tremendous work and, and blessed us during this time. At the same time, God put on my heart that this would not be a short war. Everybody was saying it would last two or three weeks, and uh, God's telling me this is going to be a long time prepare for the long time find a way to prepare because you got people that you're going to have to care for for a long time and 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 so we begin to pray we knew that in fact right now we are six months and over six months into this war and it's not over even though it doesn't hit the news you may not see it as often it may not come across the newspaper or or you see it on your feet as much as it used to but i'm telling you it's still real it's still happening I still, we still get people that are staying with us now. They get pictures. One lady's home was just destroyed this past week. She has nothing to go back to now. That's life. That's their life. Most of the people that are with us don't have anything to go back to. They're looking to restart their life in the country of Poland. See, this is real and this is going on. So God began to deal with my heart and across the street from my house. I've lived in the same place for 12 years. God blessed us. I've never moved. I moved in and never moved out. And, uh, and so show the next picture if you would this is the building in fact in the reflection of the windows of here is my flat you can actually see where I live and, uh, and this was the hotel it's been bankrupt and empty vacant for more than two years even before the pandemic and I began to look at it and I said let's check it out part of the hotel was already taken away so the conference rooms and the restaurants and the lounge area that was all reconverted to to retail space and some of the rooms were already turned into a new office complex and so they were beginning to already tear apart and divide up and and separate the hotel it will never be a hotel again in that sense and 
And so I met with the administrator of the bankruptcy, and I said, how much would it cost to rent these blocks of rooms? There were, there were, about, there were three blocks of rooms and about 70 rooms in total. And I said, how much per block? How much would it be rent for six months? All costs, all expenses, utilities, everything. What would it cost us to rent it for six months? And he began to lay out the cost for me. He says, do you have that? And I said, no. He said, what are you going to do? I said, I don't know, but I was just checking. See, well, you know, I was supposed to check. So I told him I was checking. I was, God wanted me to check, so I checked. Did I have the money? Absolutely not. Did God have the money? Absolutely he did. Within a short period of time, God began to connect us with some incredible people. There was a businessman and pastor from California that had visited, had connection, family connection to Ukraine. And the church in Ukraine, he and his business donated $20,000. The Assembly of the Lord Jesus Christ and churches from all of the United States begin to give and send money in. And then there, were, there was also a former Vice President Mike Pence uh, found out about it. And he sent an offering in of $10,000. And before we knew it, we had, had enough money to rent that first wing of the hotel. All-inclusive, hiring people to help run it. And, and God provided... On April 27th, we were able to move in the first 45 residents of that hotel. Now they weren't sleeping on mattresses, but they had their own room. They had their own shower. They had a little bit of dignity. We took one small one-bed one room and, and, and turned it into a, a community kitchen. We had a kitchen installed there, and, and we were delivering food twice a week there. And, and they would come, and they could make their own meals. They had three meals a day provided. We provided meals in the worship center, and God was providing a safe place where they could feel loved and cared for. Shortly during that time, while we were preparing that first wing, we had a couple of ladies walk in from Upper Michigan. Well, I didn't know they were from Upper Michigan at the time. They literally walked in the street, never knew them, never heard from them, never knew anything about them. I said, how did you hear about the place? I said, somebody from Oregon told us this is a good place to volunteer, that you're really helping people. I said, fantastic. Do you know who? They go, no. And so I go, where are you from? They said, we're from up part of Michigan. I said, okay, you can help. And we started having them fold clothes and straighten things out in the worship center. And they go, we heard about your hotel project, and we want to know how we can help. Long story short, these two ladies are not apostolic. They don't go to church. They're not connected to a church organization. It's just their community. And their community in Upper Michigan raised over $80,000 and fund the second wing of the hotel. We get that ready. Praise God. And so now currently staying in the hotel, there are 110, over 110 now staying in the hotel. There's 58 of them are children from the ages of two weeks old all the way up to 18. Most of them are mothers with children. We have, if you go to the next picture, I think the next picture, I'll show you. These are actually, this is actually in our worship center. Uh, we do different activities there. The people come from the hotel. It's a different location. So they come back to the worship center, the church, and they do different activities through the week. So they learn Polish, and, and they do crafts, and, and they're actually creating crafts so they can have a website and they can sell to help fund different things. And, and, uh, and so they get together. They do game nights and pizza nights and everything. And so here, actually, they're canning. So they're preparing for winter. They're canning uh, uh, pickles and tomatoes and salsas and different things so they're the ladies are working together but you see in the front picture this lady actually she just gave birth to her first baby she stays in the hotel by herself 
and she gave first birth to her first child just a week ago, and uh, they're now staying in the hotel. But the lady behind her, her name's Tatiana. She's there with her, I think, 11-year-old daughter, and her mother are staying together in a room. But Tatiana is full of cancer and needs a miracle. She goes to chemo every week and, and had a CT scan recently, and we're waiting for the results of that. But before I go any further, if it's okay, if you will, can you just pray right where you're at for Tatiana? Can we just pray that God heals her, that the scans and the results will just be changed, that God will heal her body? God, right now we pray for Tatiana. God, we pray for healing virtue to flow through her. God, that you will heal every cancer cell and every, every bit of cancer will be removed from her body, Lord Jesus. God, we're so thankful that you've sent her our way. God, help us to care for her. Help us to take care of her. Jesus' name, healer, by your stripes we are healed. And we claim healing over cancer. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thanks for praying. Continue to pray. Pray for every person in the hotel. We got, we got patients on dialysis, and we have, and we have other cancer patients, and we have moms that are trying to care for four children, and uh, one of them is only a couple weeks old. And so, we pray for our volunteers. This is all about loving people. See, we didn't expect this. Like my wife said, they don't teach you this. We just followed what God said to do. We were committed to loving people, so how do we do that? And then God begins to send them our way. If you commit to loving people and God knows you're going to love people, he will send them to you. He will send them to you. You won't have to invite them to church. They'll want to come to church because you're loving them. You won't have to ask people, do you want a home Bible study? No, because you started out loving them. And when you start out by loving them, they want to know where does this love come from. It's supernatural love. It's, it's not a love that we can describe in human ways. And in fact, 1 Corinthians 13, 13, it says, Now abideth faith, hope, and charity, these three, but the greatest of these is charity. That word charity actually comes from the Greek word agape, which we know to be the word that describes the love of God. But it describes it in a way of a benevolent love of God, a giving love of God a caring love of God, a kind love of God that reaches out of yourself, out of your own strength, out of your own power and reaches to people and just begins to love them where they're at. And see, that's what the love of God is all about. That's the reason he fills you with his spirit. Not so you can just be full of knowledge and power and might, but so that you can love people. And you can love them right where they're at. See, the song, He Thought I Was Were Dying, which was sung so beautifully and so powerfully well ministered to us today but to realize that song is for the atheist that will never step through the door it's for the it's for the 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 buddhist or the the hindu it's it's for the the person that will never walk through your door that song is still for them and we do not have the right as people we do not have the right as child of god to decide who deserves the love and who doesn't we're just we're just called to share the love and when God's love moves into the scene, hearts are, are changed and, and, and lives are open, but it won't look like you thought it would look, and it will take time. It'll be painful sometimes of the, those that you pour into and you love them and you love them and you love them, and they turn around and walk from God. It hurts sometimes. We've seen that. 
people that take advantage of it and take advantage of your kindness and your, your goodness and you give to them and yet yet they just take, take, take from you. We have those situations. But you know what? We keep giving, we keep loving, we keep caring because we don't do it for them. We do it for God because he loved me first. He loved me in my womb. He cared for me enough to look for me and look down on me. I found this great truth. I was raised in a great family. I'm thankful for that. We all have our story of the love of God, but you have to realize that story is for others. We gotta start loving people in this day. See, what happens when we love people is he'll send you currently, like I said, we have 110 in the hotel. He'll send you 110 people and fill up a hotel. When you begin to love people. Currently, every Wednesday, we have Bible study in the hotel. We have 20 or 30 show up for Bible study every Wednesday. But see, God, God has a great plan in store. And we don't always understand it, but we're just supposed to love. We're not supposed to understand. We're supposed to love, right? So here's what happens when you begin to love people. See, in, in, in Poland, it's, it's not easy to start a church in Poland. Just let me tell you. It takes a long prayer and a lot of time. It took us six years before we baptized our first couple. And show the next picture. This is the picture of, uh, I think, Evan and Shishek Swan. This is my last Sunday there. Actually, they come to Krakow for service every Sunday, but they drive two and a half hours because we're the closest apostolic church for them to be at. We baptized them in their home. It was six years into our time in Poland before we baptized our first family. But we knew God had called us there. We knew the revival was coming. In the first 12 years, we baptized 11 people. We saw people change lives, and, and God, God began to do great works. And that doesn't sound like a lot because you're, you know, we're used to hearing the, the big numbers. You, know, you go to Asia's and Africa's and third world's and, and, and revivals. And I'm thankful for that, but I'm just as thankful. I shout over every soul that God baptizes in Jesus' name. I shout over every individual that walks through the house of God. I praise God because that's a miracle. Every soul is a miracle. The angels in heaven are rejoicing. I don't care if it's 400 or 11. God doesn't care. He goes, he doesn't care the number. God deals with the number. Stop worrying about numbers. I'm going to tell you numbers today, but the numbers doesn't matter. Stop worrying about numbers and start loving people. Stop worrying about who's not here on Sunday and start worrying about the ones that are here that need to feel the love of God. And that is amazing. But let me tell you what happened in the last six weeks before I left. We'll throw up the next picture. Right there are ten people that have been baptized in Jesus' name in the last six weeks before I left. And on that Sunday, we baptized another young man. That's 11. Twelve years it took to get 11. In the last six weeks, there's 11. God's doing a multiplication work in the country of Poland. It may come through war. It may come through people that need your help. It may come through a homeless or, or it may come through a broken home or it may come through people that you never thought would walk through your door. But if God sends them to you, you better love them with the love of God. See, we're excited because now we have, we've went from 40 in the last six months to now we're running 80 on Sunday service. We have more, not enough room for classrooms, so I just added classroom space before I left. We just added a nursery that we're preparing because we have so many babies and zero to four-year-olds. We need a nursery for the moms. And so God has beginning to multiply, but we're still running out of space. We don't have enough chairs anymore. 
Even though we bought them, we don't have enough chairs. God, God's sending people. They're, and it's not just Ukrainians. God's filling the house with Polish and, and with English speakers and people from other countries. God's sending them. People are walking still, walking through our door. We heard about what you're doing. We want to see it. We want to be a part of it. God is sending a revival. You, We just had to get ready for it. We just had to prepare ourselves for what God wanted to send our way. That's what it's all about. We just got to prepare ourselves. You want revival in your home. You want a revival in this church. You have to be ready for the revival. Because God will not send you souls that you will not love. But we don't have the right to choose who that will be. God sends. God calls. The lady in the cash register stand. The fellow student that no one will sit with. No one will talk with. The bully that no one will treat well. Right. The one that's a little crazy and their hair is a different color and, 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 they, and, and they don't look like us. That's okay. That's okay. Our church, I, I love that my church is full of people that don't look like me, don't talk like me, don't act like me. But God is bringing them. See, God, that's God's purpose. God is doing a great work in the country of Poland. Where we're at now, here's, here's a vision, because I, I don't have time to go through this, and I really can't mention all the names, but there's been amazing things that God has done, amazing things. He's sent famous people, politician daughters. He's fit, sent billionaires that have come through our hotel. These aren't apostolic or Christian people, but God is sending them. So now that we're out of space, what did I do? Someone mentioned to me, says, well, can you buy the hotel? I don't know. Let's go check it out. I went and checked it out. The owner, the, the administrator gave me the price. I was like amazed because the price was a lot lower than I thought, but a lot more than I have. And he says, how's that work? I said, I don't know. I didn't have enough for the first wing or the second wing, and, and God is now providing money for the third wing. And hopefully by the end of September, we'll have around 170 stay in the hotel. And God continues to multiply. So our dream is to buy the hotel, move the worship center there so we can seat more people. So when this whole war thing is over, when this whole war thing is over, we're still going to have rooms for classrooms. We'll turn more, some of the rooms into classrooms. We'll turn the next floor. We'll keep some of the rooms for humanitarian efforts and to help needy people. And then we'll install a Bible school, the only Bible school like that that we have where people can come and stay. We can have our own Bible school in Europe. No one thought that would be possible financially. But God's going to make a way, and we're going to have a Bible school in Krakow so pastors and ministers can come from all over Europe and be a part of revival and we can send them out to plant churches in Europe. It's time for revival in Europe. It's time for a move of God. See, God's working and God's hand is on this church. He's on your life. Even if you're not living for God right now, you haven't surrendered everything to God. He's still here. He's in your life. Even if you don't see him, don't talk to him. You know, I, I want to read the scripture and I'm closing. I'm sorry. Um, if my wife would come. Acts chapter 17, verse number 25. Paul's giving a testimony. He's beginning to explain some things. You can go read the whole story. I'm just jumping right into the middle. Paul says, Neither is worshipped with men's hands as though he needed anything. Saying there, he's saying, God doesn't necessarily need your, your human worship. 
doesn't need it. He has the angels that are around the throne every day, 24 hours a day, shouting glory, glory, glory. I mean, he honors your worship. He does. Our worship is more about the blessing that God sends down, not, not necessarily for God because he deserves so much more than that. As though he needed anything seen, he giveth to all life and breath. We, we have our life because of the grace of God. We have our breath because of the grace of God and all things. And he made one blood all nations of men to dwell on the face of the earth and he hath determined the times before appointed and the bounds of the habitation. God knew what the worship center needed to be before the time right now. He knew our boundaries. He knew the location of the worship center. He knew what he wanted to do and what kind of work and what kind of miracles and how he was going to use it. He began to set that up long before we ever rented the space and long before we ever had the location. He, he began to orchestrate things because that's how God works. And in your life, even though you don't know it, God's been working. God's been understanding where you're at. He, he's been guiding your steps maybe to this moment, to this day, to this moment right now. He's guided. You're not here by accident today. But God's been watching over you, hoping, you know, that you would listen, hoping that you would feel his nudge and his guidance because his spirit's been with you today. He's been kind of there, kind of guiding. He's kind of been the guardrails. He's, you know, he's not forcing you anything, but he's just hoping to pull you, pull your heart, pull your mind, pull your spirit, tug you a little bit, drag you a little bit, move you in the right direction. That's what he's trying to do. That's what he's been trying to do with your life. And the reason he's been trying to do that is found in verse 27. It says that they should seek the Lord. If happily they might feel after him and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. See, that description, if you read in other translations and you understand it, it describes a person in complete darkness that will just wander with their hands and feel around like we would feel if we were in a dark room, feel for the door or the light switch. We can't see it, so we just feel for it. And, and that's been the whole purpose of God in your life. Even when you don't see him, he's hoping that in your dark moment right now where you find yourself maybe not walking with God or maybe not trusting God, that you turn your back on God or maybe never really surrender to God, that hopefully in that moment where you can't see him and can't feel him, at some moment you will reach out your hands to him and you'll begin to seek for him. You'll begin to like feel around in your darkness of your life. You'll begin to feel with your hands that hopefully you will not you will reach out because you're wondering where he's at. So you begin to feel. And here's the cool thing. At the end of that verse, he says, because he's not far from every one of us. See, though you don't see him, though you don't feel him, he's been there the whole time in your life. He's been following you every, everywhere you go. He's followed you into the darkest places of your life. He's always been there. He's never been far. He's not far right now. If you think you're far from God, he's not far. He's right there. He's been loving you and saying, I love you. I died for you. I love you. I died for you. He, he's put you in contact with a few people and allowed you to encounter some people that would, you could feel the love of God from. And he, he's kind of been pushing and, and guiding and pulling and hoping that maybe you will, in your moment, you will reach out your spiritual hands and begin to search for him. I don't know how to, it's like you don't know how to find him. That's okay if you'll just begin to seek him. He's right there. And you will find him. And you will find his love. I don't know where you're at in your walk with God today. And I don't know what's normal for Sunday morning. I've already been way too long. But I just want to have a moment of prayer. 
If you're on fire for God and God has lit up your life and the Holy Ghost is just blazing like a flame of fire, and I hope that's true, then ask God to allow the love of God to flow from you and to direct your path. Begin to have a burden for those who need love. Not those that are cool, not those that are popular, not those that are most beautiful, but those that God wants you to love. Ask God to begin to direct your path and order your steps and for you to be willing to love them no matter what they look like or where they come from. Ask God to put a burden on the souls that need love. And then ask Him to give you the strength and the burden to be the act of kindness and be the love of God to them. But if you are today, if you if you are feeling maybe disconnected from God and, and, and you've lost the fire, then then today's a great day because the love of God is in the room and it's ready just to fill your life with his love again. And that love will set ablaze, set ablaze your heart, set ablaze the Holy Ghost. And if you've never felt the love of God, if you've never been filled with the Spirit, you're in the right place today because the love of God is flowing through here. The Holy Spirit is moving in this place. And if you today are battling fear, anxiety, depression, they're rampant in the world today. If you're battling those things, I ask for you just to ask God to shower you with his love because the Bible tells us perfect love casts out all fear. If you're fearful of anything, if you're afraid to close your eyes at night, I'm asking you right now today, don't leave that way. Let the love of God flow over you. And if God leads you today to go pray with someone, to go love someone in prayer, follow that lead. Can we stand in this place today? Again, I don't know what's protocol, but I'm just going to ask for us just to find ourselves lost in the love of God for a moment. Allow God to use you. Allow God to fill you with his love. Allow God to open your eyes. Allow God to wash away all fear and doubt and concern. These altars are open, but the love of God flows from the front to the back, to the left, to the right. So right where you're at, if you will reach in your darkness, if you'll reach in your moment, you'll find God and you'll find his love. Can we begin to pray? Lord Jesus, thank you for this day. God, I pray for the holy love of God to begin to flow in this place. Baptize us afresh with your Holy Spirit today. Baptize us afresh with a passion and a love for those that need it. Thank you, Jesus, for this day. Thank you, Jesus, for an opportunity, God, to be in your love, to be in your kindness, to be in your spirit. Mountain you won't climb up. Thank you, Jesus. Coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down. Coming after me, and know the overwhelming, never ending, reckless love of God. Oh, it chases me down, fights till I'm found. Leaves the ninety-nine. I couldn't earn it, and I don't deserve it. Still, you give yourself away. Oh, the overwhelming, reckless love of
why don't you lift your hands to the great God of heaven right now? Thank you, Jesus. Come on, somebody thank him for his word today. Hey, thank you, Jesus. thinking as he was ministering back to the opening story that Sister Adams spoke of. And if I can piece this together the way it is in my mind real quick, you know, God is just so organized in his thought process. They've got this young lady, refugee, who reunites with her mother, who if I heard correctly, dropped her off when she was 16 and they're reunited by means of the worship center and God and Bishop the thought hit me this morning God knew 12 years ago that that reunion was going to take place And God needed a man and a woman to be obedient to his voice. And I can't help but wonder, had they not obeyed, love people. Years ago, Bishop wrote the mission statement of this church. And the opening line is, to love is God love. Showing compassion to every soul. We've been challenged to live that today. I'm leaving challenged today. I, I pray that you do as well because I know we're in America and we get spoiled, but this is, this is not about skin color. This is not about bigotry or hate or racism. This is not about different languages or different cultures or different beliefs. This is about one people under God. Not as, a, not as an American anthem. This is God's people, God's church, God's world, God's humanity. And that's been spoken to us so clearly this morning. One more time, why don't you lift your hands as we close today. Mighty God, we're so thankful for you. God, I receive your challenge today to love people. Help us, God, as was written in the establishment of this this sanctuary years ago to love as God loves showing compassion to every soul help us live that God help it not just be words or a mantra or a mission statement on a wall help us to live that out Lord as our our action statement in you seal this word in our heart today Lord that we might be stronger for it and live it by faith for we know not what tomorrow brings but we know you hold tomorrow in the lovely name of the Lord Jesus I pray the church said amen. Amen. Church tonight, 6 o'clock, we walk by faith, not by sight. God bless you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. 
Again, that's F-A-C-M-C. Thank you and have a blessed day.